Tonight we interview Bob Bruns from Texas that grew up in Baltic, South Dakota. And just as an added feature to the MLC Big Show, we have uh, Editor-in-Chief at Livestock Podcasting Weekly, Lyle Jackson, sitting in the control room with Kevin Mears. And uh, Lyle has, has guaranteed me a review of tonight's podcast by tomorrow morning when we post it. So enjoy it. And uh, Lyle is obviously the world-famous uh, podcasting handca- handicapper and can't wait to uh, work with him in the future advertising in his online publication. Bob? Hello, Matt. Well, it's good to be here. That's for sure. Uh, coming to you Friday night from Madison, South Dakota, home of the world-famous Rob Van Hove Cowherd. Headed towards Jim Cranston, Bob Gassman, and the boys over in Howard. Tonight, I'm joined legend of the South Dakota show circuit, Bob Bruns, who has uh, moved on to bigger and better things. Well, maybe not better, but bigger things in Texas, because everything's bigger in Texas. And uh, <laughs> I guess uh, I, I had no idea when the day started that I would have this opportunity. And uh, it's been a pleasure to catch up with a lot of the other industry uh, giants and and personally, whenever I was growing up, a young punk in the '90s, uh, there wasn't a bigger and better clipper in the country than old Bob Runs up there in Baltic, South Dakota. So uh, Bob's got a, a family history of success. His dad Ron has been doing it for a hundred years, and uh, I guess uh, yeah, just awesome to have you here tonight, Bob. And uh, if you want to start out, maybe just give the audience a brief overview of your path what brought you from baltic south dakota down to i believe you live near san antonio now but uh just give any uh overview and history of, about yourself well we were very, very fortunate starting off with a at a young age there in south dakota like you said my dad he was pretty influential uh got us up and going and involved in 4-h and youth programs and and it kind of progressed to uh to the point, uh, I, I remember Dan Letty, he uh, he bought a calf from me, and we took him to the Agribition in Regina, and that ended up being the first calf from the U.S. to ever be Grand Reserve at a Canadian show, and that shows you how it. many years ago that was. Um, I think that was back in 1982 we did that. And, uh, I uh, Just real quick, Bob, I guess uh, I'm sure that uh, you've been up there a bunch, but... Uh, I bet I'm the only podcaster that's been to about a half a dozen shows up in Canada. I've been to Calgary, been to uh, the Canadian Agribition, been out to Toronto once. But uh, anyways, that's pretty cool. We were the first ones, and we kind of did it a little incognito, and they didn't even know what hit them until it was too late. But sometimes that's all right. We had a calf that he won his class at Kansas City. Troy Thomas won that year. And uh, we ended up, Dan bought that calf, and we went to the Agribition, and like I said, we snuck in there and, and we had reserve and and then cool. we went back a couple other times. We ended up winning. We ended up winning there in Toronto. Cool. So we've we've been pretty successful in the Canadian country as well. I, I did not know that you had that Canadian roots and heritage. Uh, that's awesome. My boy Curtis Reed is gonna love that up in Saskatchewan. But uh, <laughs> I mean, you can you can progress with the story however you want. But I would like to know specifically. Uh, did you just pick up the clipping talent from your papa, or was there a specific person that kind of helped guide you through learning how to clip? Uh, I kind of started off on my own. You know, we were showing a bunch of cattle, and, and my brothers and sister, actually, and 
and uh, we just kind of were getting them all ready ourselves. And and the the Canadian deal kind of opened the door to, uh, you know, I I started going with Troy Thomas, and and in his day that Troy Thomas is is by far the best that there will ever be, um, and Flipping. and Troy, Troy, oh my gosh, unbelievable. And, I, and we, I, we, I'm 40. I was born in 1982. So this is like the kind of history that I love to hear. My first yeah. Troy Thomas experience would have been about 2003. He judged the Iowa State Fair and he, I didn't have nothing to do with the calf, but he used uh, Aaron Alger to win the Iowa State Fair in 2003. And that's about the first time. I mean, I wasn't a student of the game back then, but uh, that's pretty cool. Go ahead. Keep rolling. Yeah. Back when Troy was showing himself, you couldn't beat him. I think he won every national major show there was. But him and Steve Yackley, that whole crew, the, the talent was just unbelievable. And, uh, you know, Dan, Dan Letty was right in the middle of that group, got us all kind of coordinated. And, and an old name came up this morning on your po- podcast that was very influential was Nolan Fleshner because Nolan yeah. worked with the Thomases real close. And, and Nolan is a good friend of mine. And, and mm-hmm. you know, and then that, that opened up the door to, to Bob May. It opened up the door to Mark Copas. And, you know, sure. it, uh, it's, it's funny the, the people that were very influential in, in me, mm-hmm. you know, being able to uh, to be as talented or to yeah. have the connections that and wins that we did. And like Letty's, they're famous for Charlays, and same deal with Thomas's. Were they always in that Charlay deal, or so, did they drift into so it? The, the Thomas's group, you know, they their big deal was Semitals early on, and, I didn't know and that. they were <laughs> they were as successful in the Semital breed as you'll ever find. And then they, you know, they they advanced into the Charlet deal, and then they became very dominant in there. Letty actually was, uh, Letty would, he would get up there to Canada and poke around and had some connections. And the, the full-blood purebred uh, Canninas was kind of Letty's stepping point there, and, and he put some bulls on display that were way ahead of their time. But, uh, you know, okay. they, in in the off uh, different breeds and progressed as they did. And then another person I need to mention that was very influential was John Griswold. Back in the nineties, for those that uh, didn't watch the cattle drive live and your, your history of John might be before this, but uh, they said that he was a steer trader, just like a Mark Copas or a Steve Bonham back in the nineties. And now 30 years later, you kind of think John Griswold exclusively as exclusively as a maternal man, yep. Yeah, we started off yep. selling steers, and, and I would go spend about two months a year with John at his place there, and we sold club calves. We'd get them ready there in South Dakota, and we'd bring them down. And, and uh, well, you couldn't ask for a better partner. He's, he's, a, very, he's mm-hmm. a very intelligent man. Bringing them down out of South Dakota with that kind of big hair, probably give them the Bob Run shine. Uh, I imagine those things sold pretty quickly once you got them down to Oklahoma. Uh-huh. We might have we might have gotten or, or well, yes, or, it's just amazing to think how much the business and the social media realm has changed where you're you're it used to be you probably only knew what your neighbors doing and maybe you didn't even know what they were doing. But now exactly. uh, the Internet kind of connects us everywhere. And I mean, there'd be some wild stories that a guy could tell in terms of uh, <laughs> breeder breeder recognition and stuff like that was not a thing of the past. When, I mean, like a, a Dwayne Hilbert or... Oh, I'm not trying to single Dwayne out, but uh, I, I would say that Dwayne, trying to make a living doing it, probably wouldn't be telling them breeders, hey, you're steer one Denver, by the way. 
there you go. But anyways, totally different time than this internet age, I guess. Completely different. And you know, you got to think back there were, they were just starting to get into the transplant industry when we first started. There, you know, there was the, your cow herds were your AI cow herds and, and there was not much flushing going on. So, you know, you traveled a lot of, lot through a lot more numbers to find the quality that, you know, potentially sure. today you can go to one place and, and have 10 calves out of one cow. You know, the things were quite a bit different back then. Just to tell a quick backstory for those that haven't listened to episode number 38. Uh, once again, I love Dwayne Hilbert, but this is a really funny story. And uh, we put out 106 episodes. There was a story in that episode 38 about Dwayne Hilbert that Dwayne left Jake Longbreak in the middle of a thousand acre pasture because he priced a Mr. Longbreak priced a calf at four hundred and Dwayne only wanted to give two hundred dollars for him. So he drove yep. back to town and left Jake in the pasture. <laughs> that, that doesn't surprise me at that. My first memory of Brun show cattle would be the legendary November weekend sales that y'all would have. Uh, just briefly, I know that uh, wasn't there like a sale over in Worthington that weekend? And yeah, there there was several sales that went on during that deal. I, I think we would, well, we would put the put a lot of work and effort into having those sales at our place. The the largest yeah. one I can ever remember is we sold 96 head, and we had 55 of them all tied up at one time, and and they were ready to go to a show. And and we took a little pride in having those things, you know, extra broke and and clipped sure. maybe a little little bit spent a little bit more time on them than most and and boy, we would pack pack them in there and you know we were having five six thousand dollar averages on sales and that was that was know? a live auction or was that uh take them into the clipping room and bid them off uh we at that bid point them off, take them into the clipping room and you know go yep. around the circle and, and you betcha uh, that that's totally different than anything anybody would be used to at this at this point in time so anyways uh, i just want to give a quick shout out to a couple of your old pals I'm going to murder their names because they're all married now, but there was a Michelle <laughs> Michelle Gunderson, Kyla Nesham, and yep. maybe a Ky Kylie Sutton, possibly. Anyways, yep. I was about a 16-year-old rug rat and uh, maybe <laughs> maybe come up and whatever, look at calves with my dad. And, uh, yeah, just a lot of good memories, even though I wasn't really part of that South Dakota clique. I do remember that one sale weekend where a guy had a lot of fun. So that was pretty cool. We, we made sure we had a lot more to we had a lot to offer there that weekend. Always, yes, sir. Yeah, something that to bring us to to present. I mean, we can come back and you like we said earlier. You, there's thousands of different stories you can tell. I was we were pretty fortunate last summer to go back and and they they inducted my dad into the Hall of Fame there in South Dakota and. Corey Thompson and Rob Van Hove and those guys did. They're doing an amazing job with that deal. And, you know, we yep. put together a little list of every, you know, the winners that we had either that it came out of the place there in Baltic or my place here in Pleasanton. And, and, and we put together that we, you know, we came to the conclusion we'd won 15 state fairs. Um, and we've won every, every major show in the United States, Grand or Reserve, and two included, or two, including two in Canada which, you know, that's a program that we're pretty proud of. Um, I've, I've been very fortunate to be involved in the oil and gas industry the past 10 years, 12 years, I guess, almost 15. And uh, it's opened up a lot of doors for me. We're going through a new transition right now. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, 
you never know what the what the good Lord will put in in uh, in your in your plans or in your sights. And absolutely. And yep. if you can if you can let Him guide the ship, uh, you know things things often uh, work out in ways that you never imagined. So to come from Baltic, South Dakota, to to where we're at here in Texas is is been an amazing journey. Um, you know that I'm I'm involved with. A couple younger guys that I kind of took under my wing early were Jeff Jackson and Kyle Kreiner, and uh, everybody's kind of branched out. and And uh, Jeff, we're going to team up again here and and uh, see if we can't uh, make some more memories. As a point of record, uh, could you give the folks your uh, possibly your Facebook page and then a cell phone number if they're looking for cattle in South Texas? Maybe they can reach out to you. Yeah, just uh, Bruns Landing Cattle, and uh, my personal number is eight one seven. Two three 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 eight one two, and uh, feel free to give us a call anytime. Absolutely, I, I do feel like I've shortchanged you. I think you have at least a hundred A plus stories left in you, so I'm I'm I, gonna I can, I'm gonna I beg can. you to come back at least two or three more times, or at least let's start with one more time, maybe in a couple days or a week, whenever uh, your time allows, and we'll tell a few more of these old stories. I, I'd I'd be willing to do that. I might have one Bob May story or two that we need to share yet. So there you go. Let's give us something to get to look forward to. Yeah, I can't even take it. The anticipation's killing me. <laughs> thank, thank you very, very much, Bob. Awesome, Matt. Thank you very much. You betcha. Thank you. Bye. You bet.